Hi everyone, welcome to a new episode of the Players Lounge, the tennis podcast that focuses on the mental aspect of the game. My name is Jennifer Megan. I am a former professional tennis player and I launched this podcast because I wanted to create a space in which tennis players could find tools and solutions in order to improve their mental skills. But this podcast is not only for tennis players, it is also for parents and coaches whose ambition is to help their kids and players to reach their full potential. If you are a regular listener of the Players' Lounge, thank you so much for your support. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. And at the end of the episode, if you like what you hear, I would really appreciate if you could subscribe or leave a comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Deezer, Acast, I mean, wherever podcasts are displayed, you can find the Players' Lounge. First of all, I want to wish you a very happy new year. I know it's the end of the year, but since I have a few hours left, I really want to take that time to wish you a year full of success and happiness for you and your loved ones. My resolution for 2022 is to publish more podcasts. I know it sounds very uh, resolution uh, wannabe, but I really want to do that because I think that we need more content about mental training and I will do my best to bring guests that will speak about how we can get better when it comes to um, to mental training. That being said, let's talk about the Australian Open, shall we? I'm not going to go over the whole Djokovic drama because I think that a lot of it has been said and to be honest, it was unfortunate for everyone. So I'm just not going to go there. I want to focus on the masterclass that we just witnessed between Daniel Medvedev and Rafa Nadal. I mean, seriously, for five hours, what an incredible game it was. And massive congrats to to Rafa for winning his 21st Grand Slam. And uh, although I'm a bit disappointed for for Daniel Medvedev because I think he, he really deserved it. Hey, that's the game. What can you do? But I want to focus on the six lessons that you can learn and apply to your game from this match. Number one, accept the fight. What was interesting is that Daniel Medvedev, for about two sets and a half, pulled a Nadal on Nadal. So what do I mean by pulling a Nadal? Basically, we know that what made Rafa Nadal so strong for so many years was his ability to, to, um, to give such a high intensity and physical battle, battle to his opponent that after a while, they just couldn't handle it. Uh, we, we've seen so many times at the French Open when after a while, you, you will see guys that even when they managed to win a set, which happened you know once every blue moon, they were just dead and they will lose one and one and two in like two minutes because the intensity that he brings in every matches and not only it brings it from the first point it keeps it until the last point and most of the time it actually takes it takes it up a notch but what was very interesting with Daniel Medvedev is that from the beginning he showed him that he was ready to do that he was ready to go over to go for long rallies he was very patient very composed in his strategy he knew exactly what he had to do he didn't panic he came and he said okay you know what if I have to play one one more shot, then I will do it. And he was, and he actually did just that. And it was very interesting to see that actually Rafa was the one who was um, 
making mistakes because he was rushing, because he couldn't handle Medvedev from the baseline. That was very interesting to see. That's why if you are a tennis player and you um, want to you know, start in comp- uh, competing when you are in a, in a tennis match, I advise you to, to start with very high intensity from the first point because what it shows to your opponent is that you are ready for a fight. You are ready to be there three hours if it's necessary. Of course, like I don't, I don't say that you have to to play three hours. But mentally, the signal that you're sending by telling the girl or the guy in front of you, look, if we need to play long, I'm here physically. I'm fit. I can do it. And and really show high intensity from the get go. I mean, I'm not saying that you have to show the fist or you know all those things, but physically, you have to show your opponent that that you're there. And that's something that I used to, to do when I was a tennis player. And I've seen how it helped me to, to win matches. A lot of times what happens is that for one set, like I said previously, you will have a battle. And then once you, you win the first set, the person will be defeated. And usually it's become much easier uh, on the second set. That's something that you want to do. In order to do that, of course, you have to work on that um, during practice, you know, days in and days out to always bring that intensity and to be able to do that. Which brings me to the second point, which is kind of related to, to what I just said. It's to be ready to play an extra shot. Of course, if you play Servant Valley, you might want to skip that part. But for the rest of us, most of, most of the time, we have to play rallies. And again, I'm not saying that you have to stay three meters behind the baseline and start playing loopy, ball, loopy balls. That's not what I'm saying. When I'm saying that you have to be ready to play an extra shot. It means that if you are even very aggressive, but then you have someone you know, in front of you who is running and chasing every ball, you might get impatient and try to rush and to win the point quicker, which is a mistake because a lot of time what happens is that when you do that, you start making mistakes, then you lose your confidence and you start to rushing and you feel like, oh, okay, why am I playing so bad? And that's what um, Medvedev was doing so well. That's why I'm a bit disappointed, you know, for him that he didn't win because he did something really good from the first two sets is that he was not afraid to make Rafa run because he knew that he would get the reward, you know, later. Even in some, some points, he will, he will lose the points. But when you do that, your opponents get tired. And there was a very interesting stat, which was that um, before that final, Rafa Nadal's point were about four shots on average. But uh, I think from the fir- end of first set, the, um, the average uh, number of shots against Medvedev was seven, which means that Medvedev was, again, not afraid to play that extra shot, not afraid to make him run a bit longer, just to make sure that he, will, he, was, going, he was setting up his point comfortably and, and nicely. Uh, with great patience. So when I'm saying that, it's it's really for you. If you play against someone who's running and chasing every ball, don't get upset. Don't panic. Just be able to to play that extra shot. When you are going for that approach, be ready to hit the volley. When you're hitting the volley, when you of course you want to close it and to finish it, but just be ready in case the person just extend his hand or her hand and and throw like um. Um, overhead and you have to finish the point it's the mentality of always being ready for the next shot that actually makes you 
makes you improve and makes you more uh, more precise and and you know increase your confidence so that's that's the second lesson that you want to apply from that match number third how to impose your strategy and make your opponent doubt and miss on his best or or her best shots and that's something that i've also observed from that match like i said um Medvedev was very clear about his strategy when he entered the 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 court he decided to play a lot with his backhand down the line straight to to uh, Rafa's backhand and making sure to lock him on his backhand back um backhand side so he was not going to be able to with very deep ball deep and flat ball so he didn't have much time to go around and dictate the point with his forehand which we know that when you start doing this, then you, 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 the point is over. You're not going to see uh, the light of day. And he, he was very efficient with that. And he was able to, to do that and to win so many points. And, and once, once in a while, he was not afraid to go straight to then attack Nadal on his forehand. And, and that was very interesting to see how, how, um, how well he was ex- executing the strategy and how Rafa seems to have no solution. But of course, we're talking about Rafa Nadal and he always have a solution. He always finds a way to to change things when it's not going his way. And this is what he did. He's starting to to change a little bit because when he saw that he was a bit locked on his um on his back inside, he's starting to play shorter ball. Like he used that slice of his that is really good, this very short slice to make Medvedev move a bit forward in the, inside the court because we know that Medvedev is unbeatable from the baseline, but that when he has when it comes to coming forward and coming to the net, he's struggling a little bit more. So Nadal started to to play to play those short balls and he used amazing drop shots as well to to, to throw him off a bit. And it worked because what happened is that Medvedev started to to change his game because because Nadal was was refusing the, the baseline fight. Uh, and when I'm saying refusing, it, it, meaning that he, he saw that if he stayed in that baseline fight, he wasn't going to win. So that's why he refused that and decided to say, I'm going to do something different because I need to, st- I need to change my strategy. I need to do something better. And that was really good and very smart of us. And then we saw that um, after that, um, Medvedev starting to come into the net. But again, it's, it's not a natural. He improved, but if if he wants to to beat those guys on a regular basis, he really needs to improve his, his net his net play because we've seen how often he was getting you know destroyed at the net because Nadal knew exactly what he was doing and he's such he's so good with passing shots. So every time he was coming to the net, I knew that the, <laughs> this was not gonna end well end well for for Medvedev and and that was really good. And what happens when you do that? You start to create confusion in the mind of your opponent, and they start to to even rush and force on their best shots. And what happened is that Medvedev starting to miss more on his first serve. And we've seen that how efficient he was with the first serve during the the first half of the match. And then he started to miss more and more. Like the first serve was not um, starting to drop, and then Nadal had more opportunities. When you have a second serve, it's not the serve. Same thing as when you have like bombed bombs dropping at 210 uh, kilometers it's not the same and that's how little by little he's starting to take advantage and then being able to recontrol the point with his forehand and to and to make um and to make a drastic change in the in the um, how can i say in the match 
So that's something you want you want to do. And um, and for Medvedev, what could have been a, a solution? I'm not I'm not uh, pretending that I'm giving advice to Daniel Medvedev because I really think he's a, he's a tactical genius, and and he, he proved that you know not only that, but he, he came with a plan and he tried to do different things. He, I appreciate that he even tried to also the drop shots to to imitate, and that's why I love about him is that he's he's trying to always learn. Even even during the match, and then if he tried the drop shots at some point to also throw Nadal off, didn't work. But I really appreciate the fact that he was trying to find strategies uh, during the match. And but I think what could have been uh, maybe useful for him or would have been to to come up with a plan B. What happens when this stops working? And I think this is this is what uh, was lacking when we see that. That Rafa Nadal even ha- ha- always have a plan B because he knows he knows his game so well. He knows exactly what to do. That even when he changes strategy, it doesn't really bother him because it's it's part of it's automatic. And and uh, I think that's what Medvedev was missing a bit of um, something automatic uh, as a plan B. And um, lesson number four: seize the opportunities. When you have when you have some and kill the match, what what I think is that the game change for me in the third set was two all. I believe that uh, Medvedev had three break points. It was um, forty love up, uh, forty forty love up on uh, Rafa's serve, and he had that uh, quite easy shot uh, close to the net on his back end, and he missed it. And then next thing you know. Uh, Rafa won the game and then decided to 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 maybe it it, dis- it disturbed him a bit and uh, and you don't need and you, and you, Nadal only needs one one very small window of opportunities that's all he needs it doesn't need uh, many and then when he sees that you're starting to have doubts guy is good <laughs> and and you know that the, the the match is over as a matter of fact when the when he lost the third set I was like oh that now. I, I kind of felt that the match was over, although it didn't look like it. But I was like, okay, this is Rafa. The, that's not gonna go well. He's, he's not gonna let go. And um, and also, I think like in terms of break points, both players didn't do so well. There was a stat during the match saying that uh, in terms of um, you know succeed successful break point, uh, Nadal only converted six out of twenty. And Medvedev uh, five out of twenty, which is very low. And um, and we've seen that throughout the fourth and and fifth set, he had so many opportunities. And every time Nadal will come and and hit the serve on his backhand, and and he gave so many also free points on the return. Of course, Nadal is a good server, but I felt that um, as the match was progressing, it really sometimes even on second serve he was making mistakes. Of course, the guy was tired, but. It really was a pity because there was another stat that was quite interesting was that um, Medvedev made 97% of his return during the fourth set. And in the middle of the fifth set, it dropped at 60%, which is enormous. And I, I really believe that, that that was also a turning point and that the fact that he, he missed so many break points and was not able to 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 yeah to make those those games uh, gave Nadal the the opportunity to come back and to just say okay there's still room for me I still can make it lesson number five don't get distracted by external force 
I've said that quite often. I talked about how um, Djokovic is able to to use the the public against him to to play his best tennis, and and Medvedev has also this bit of tendency, except that he's a bit more provocative. He doesn't hesitate to 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 talk to the crowd, to to call them like idiots during the match, and he did it again during the the match. And, and, and most of the time, he, he gets away with it. But against Nadal, you really want to save all your energy. And that's something that I think he, he got a bit distracted and, and that took a bit of mental energy. There was moments when he was telling to, to the Empire, oh, those guys, they have empty brains and stuff like this. It's all fun entertainment and that's why we love this player. That's why I love this player because he, he says what he, what he feels like. But I think that what would have been maybe more useful, and he actually talked about this uh, previously, is it would have been better to have a big outburst like he did against um, Titipas. And so then he could refocus and move on. But I felt like he kind of carried that negative energy um, a bit too long. And in the end, it played against him. Of course, you know, it sucks when, when people are clapping, you know, when you miss your first serve and, and between your first and second serve. And I think it's absolutely like, idiotic. And I agree with him. But at the same time, you, you want to make sure that you don't let yourself be distracted by that and, and focus on what you need to do. They're going to do that. And he knew that people were going to be 100% against Rafa. That was not a shocker. And I think that this, it, it could have maybe handled better. But of course, there was so much at stake uh, during that match. And, and perhaps he was a bit tired. So, But but for you, I think it, it's something that is important. When you, when you are in a situation like this, when you have uh, people from outside, whether it's the crowd, whether um, it's the coaches from your opponent or the parents, and um, and you feel frustrated. I think the best way is to just like to not get carried away, with, you know, with your ego, but to focus on okay, what is the strategy? We need to focus on okay. Let me focus on my strong uh, strategies and to apply that. Whenever you are in a in a bad situation, you just like focus on on what do I do well and try to really put more conviction and um, and passion into this, and that's it. And and blocking everything else. That is um, that is outside. I think that this is something that that is quite um, good. And for for coaches, I think what one of the good things that can be done as well is to is to train your your players in to do those tough situations. And how do you do that? I, it, it's it's you know you, you can you can ask people when you are doing um, practice matches to not to inform your your opponent, but to tell them to 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 have this a bit of attitude to cheat, to do some stuff. So to see how your player will react in those situations or to, or to ask someone to make loud noises, to just put them in those situations, but don't tell them. If you tell them, they're going to know and they're not going to feel like it. But if they are able to handle that, then when they get into matches, they'll be able to do that. I mean, Richard Williams was doing that to his daughters and we saw how valuable this is. This was when they were actually facing those situations. So it prepared them for hostility, for hostile crowd. And I think this is something that not many coaches are doing and could be actually very, very useful because it happens all the time. So that's something that you want to do. And as a player, just focus on your strategy. Last uh, but not least, a lesson. Lesson number six is to hang on to the positive. Even if it seems that the match is lost, you never know. And we've seen that today. That was that was incredible what he was able to do. We've seen that in that final, how how good he was able, how Nadal was able to just hang in there. I mean, again, 
if you would have told me that he was going to win after after the the first two sets, I would be like, yeah, sure. And uh, it's like I haven't been there for the past 20 years. Of course, it's Rafa. Only him can do that, actually. Only him can can come back from two sets to love and and look absolutely like on the on on the on the edge of of a cliff and climb back and win. And because, why? Because he just keeps fighting no matter what, and he just focus on the positive. And perhaps, like I said, that point where he saw that when he was making Medvedev move forward was the moment maybe he said, okay, if I manage to do that more, I might be able to to get one point, one one more and and you know get back into the game. And and of course if you are looking you you're losing let's say five zero and you look at the score and you say, Oh my gosh, I have to win five games. It seems impossible. But if you focus on just one point of doing something well and see and focusing on what works and really like just making like it's the most important thing, you will be surprised how things can change quickly and how you can get away with the win in the end. All right, that's it for me, folks. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Once again, if you liked it, don't hesitate to subscribe, leave a comment, share this episode with a friend, family member, or whoever. And um, take care of yourself and I will talk to you next time. Bye.